to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in today's episode, I want to talk about something that I get asked a lot, and that is how do I get into the fragrance industry? Now, the other question that I get asked loads too is I want to be a perfumer, where do I start? So first off, I'll start by saying that the role of the perfumer obviously is hugely important or we wouldn't have any perfumes, but it is just one role in a huge industry. So I want to break it down a little bit for more for you um, because there's a lot of other options that you might not have even thought of. So I will share a little bit about getting into the industry and some of the potential roles that might be available. And then I will talk more specifically about becoming a perfumer if that is the route that you are looking to achieve, as it were. There are many different roles, as I said, in the fragrance industry. And unfortunately, most of these types of roles can be filled internally by the big companies. So it can be a bit hard to get a foot in the door, but I will share some resources later as well. Um, but here are kind of, kind of some of the possibilities, if you like. So in the departments of manufacturing and production, you'd have the perfumer who obviously creates the fragrances. There is also a role um, called a fragrance evaluator, which if I have time in this episode, I will talk about that a bit more because that's something that that's a job that I had back in the day. Also, if you haven't listened to the interview that I did with Miriam Vareldis, um, I we talked a lot about our roles as fragrance evaluators in the industry. So have a listen to that episode if you didn't already. Also roles like lab technician. When I first started out, I was working in what was called the applications lab, literally mixing up samples. But lab technicians can assist in fragrance formulation, quality control, that kind of thing. Production manager. There's a lot of production jobs overseeing the manufacturing of fragrance products. Quality control as well. So quality control could also be in the materials. So ensuring that the materials that you're buying in and sourcing are up to scratch and they are consistent. Regulatory compliance as well. You know, these these roles obviously don't sound anywhere near as creative and exciting as things like perfumer, but, you know, they may be roles that are, you are qualified for and, you know, we'll, we'll get you in the door. So um, the regulatory stuff is really important and that person ensures that the products meet the legal and safety requirements. There's also some other angles that you can, you know, if you don't have this science background, there are other ways that you could potentially get into a fragrance company. And that is through the marketing department. Um, I've seen a lot of people do this in marketing and branding. So roles such as brand manager. So brand managers develop um, and execute marketing strategies. So strategies for fragrance brands. When I was a fragrance evaluator, we did a bit of marketing as well. So that is a role that incorporates both. Um, things like market research. I know that there are people who have come out of perfume school and gone into the market research side of the business. And that is someone who studies consumer trends and preferences. And that's actually a big role because, you know, consumer trends and preferences within the market really inform product development and they inform the marketing departments as well. So that trickles back to the kinds of products that are being created for brands. Creative directors as well. And this is something that um, I see a lot in 
there are certain partnerships that happen within companies where you might have the perfumer who's creating the fragrances, but you need to have the creative director who shapes the overall visual and creative direction of the fragrance and also the fragrance campaigns. So that kind of ties all into branding. Obviously, there are roles in sales and distribution. So, you know, don't underestimate going into um, retail. So retail as fragrant as a fragrance consultant. Um, there's also in the distribution side of things, there are companies that work with fragrance brands and distribute them through a central company to um, retailers. So a bit like, I suppose it's a bit like a publishing house or not a publishing house, but I'm just thinking of my book. So I've got my publisher who publishes my book, but then we've got Macmillan Publishing who distribute those books to all the bookstores. So the same kind of thing happens in the fragrance industry where you've got some companies and they almost have like a stable of fragrance brands that they then, and it's really their job to sell those brands into retail stores. So distribution is is a kind of a company that you could get a job role in as well. Account manager, in addition to you know, fragrance consultancy in retail. So if you, you know, it, I mean, a lot of us started out there, right? A lot of people um, who I know in the industry, you know, we kind of started maybe on a Saturday, I started on a Saturday job um, working in boots in, um, which is a, a kind of, like, I suppose it's a bit like a wool greens type of a thing um, in the UK. And then when I was at college, I worked on a fragrance counter. I worked on a skincare counter in Harrods and Harvey Nichols. And that really helped me to understand fragrance and learn the sort of retail, the customer side. So looking at what the customers wanted. So, you know, don't underestimate that as a role if you're passionate about perfume. And there are a lot of independent boutiques now, a lot of independent brands that might be looking for people. And it's a great way to learn. Um, also, you know, things like supply chain, logistics, managing inventory, you know, not too exciting away, you know, those kinds of jobs. But again, you know, getting in there, if that's if that's the kind of um, role that becomes available, you never know where it's going to lead. And especially if you are working in something like a material, a raw materials company. So managing inventory, account management, supply chain of raw materials, working for a raw materials company, someone that produces or buys in the fragrance materials, either naturals or a mix of naturals and synthetics from some of the growers. That's a great way to learn about materials and get into the industry and see a different side to it as well. So don't underestimate those kind of roles. Also, something that's going to be really huge in the ne in the coming decades is things like sustainability and compliance. So um, if you are looking at fragrance materials, the that, that side of the industry, they're all going to be looking at sustainability and they are going to be having people and job roles are going to be created where people can help with the sustainability and making sure that the materials that they're buying in are, you know, fair trade and, you know, grown within and produced within the guidelines that a lot of the 
well, the EU countries especially are going to be bringing in regulatory affairs as well. There's a lot of regulation in the fragrance industry and it might not be something that you're aware of, but I've talked about it on past episodes and I've written blog posts about it as well. And I think one of the questions and one of the conversations that's going to be happening a lot in the coming decades is, you know, are our materials sustainable? Are they um, eco-friendly? Are they biodegradable? And there are going to be job roles that will open up in those kinds of areas as well. Now, remember that roles within the fragrance industry can often overlap. Um, Different companies might have different variations in job titles and responsibilities. And, um, you know, additionally, many people in the fragrance industry might hold sort of interdisciplinary roles as well that combine skills from multiple categories. So that is just a little bit of an overview about the roles that can be available outside of the ones that we often think of as, oh, you know, I want to be a perfumer. So I'll just share a little bit about my how I got into the industry um, back in the 90s. Now, I was really lucky and I've talked about this before, but it just sort of happened to me by accident. And I didn't ever set out to go work in a fragrance company. I was at the London College of Fashion. I was studying there and doing something completely different. And I decided to do a cosmetic science diploma because I realized I loved the science and being in the lab. And I ended up on a work placement with a company called IFF, International Flavors and Fragrances. And I just did a two week work placement with them. And um, then they asked me to come back and do a longer stint. And I really started out mixing up samples in the applications lab. And really all that was, was the um, fragrance, how the, the main creative um, center, as we called it, we had one in Paris, we had one in um, Holland, we had New York, mainly the the kind of stuff that I worked on was from the creative center in Holland, because it was a lot of own label shower gels, that kind of thing. Also, fabric conditioners, deodorants, room sprays, that kind of glamorous stuff. So I didn't get to work on fine fragrance, really. But what I used to do my job role when I first started out was literally taking the the base product and taking the fragrance oil that had been created by the perfumers in in the creative centers, mixing up the samples, labeling them and giving them to the account managers to take out to the clients. That's kind of how I started. And then as part of that role, I ended up looking at and developing the fragrance library within, and maybe that's something that I'll talk about on another podcast episode. Um, Most big fragrance houses have a fragrance library of, of perfumes that have already been created for other products. And they can pull things off the shelf. So if you hear people talk about a shelf perfume, it's something that has literally just been pulled out of the fragrance library, popped in a base and submitted to a client. And often that happens when there's not much of a budget. Maybe the client is quite small and it's not a big name like Unilever, that kind of thing. Or also if there's a super quick turnaround. And, you know, we worked with companies like Marks and Spencer's, Sainsbury's, Superdrug. And often we would pull shelf fragrances for those kinds of um, projects because we sometimes only had a couple of weeks to turn that around. And there was no way that we could get a perfumer to work on it because there wasn't the budget. So the person, so I got into that sort of by the back door, if you like, and I don't have a chemistry background. I don't have a chemistry degree. I have a cosmetic science diploma. And, you know, nowadays, the well, the person who does the same job that I had back in those days, most likely, and I'm going back a few years now, because I don't know who obviously has got the job at IFF now, but 
you know, probably about 10 years ago, the person that I spoke to who had my job role that I that I met um, had a chemistry degree and also had two years um, at the industry sponsored school ISIPCA in Versailles. So I do think it's a lot harder now. And there is as there's a lot more awareness and interest in joining the fragrance industry, there is going to be a lot more competition for um, for roles. Now, I just want to share a little story. Um, so some of you might know that I teach in-person classes at my studio here in the New Forest. And I had someone send me an email saying, oh, you know, my 17 year old daughter really wants to be a perfumer and we're local. You know, would she be able to come to one of your in-person classes to see if it's for her? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And um, she came along to one of my classes and we were, I, you know, obviously I didn't know what to expect and, or how much um, studying she'd done before. But, you know, she was 17 years old. She already had the idea that she wanted to become a perfumer. And this is a great age to start at as when, you know, in talking to her, I said, okay, so what, what have you got already? Have you, have you got um, chemistry GCSE? And she was like, yeah, I'm studying for my A-levels. I've got my chemistry GCSE, um, other sciences as well. And I'm doing organic chemistry at A-level and I really, really love it. And she said, I want to go to university and I want to do a chemistry degree. And, you know, my advice to her was to start studying fragrance materials now, train your nose and get creating even while you're still at school and uni um, and, you know, do your chemistry degree and look at company work placements in the industry as well. Do as much outreach and networking as possible whilst you're still studying. And for the best chance of getting a foot in the door. And honestly, I was so excited for her um, because most people who end up in my classes are obviously much older. And that ship, quite honestly, has sailed once you're past that, you know, you post university age. And um, there are other options. So if you are older and you don't have a chemistry degree, please do not worry, as there are plenty of opportunities outside of the commercial industry, too, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about in a, in a moment. Um, but, you know, just to say that this 17 year old, she it was so clear that she had done chemistry and she'd done experiments. She was so, <laughs> so organized and so tidy. She asked really great questions. And she made really good notes, really good observations as well. And I am confident that if that is what she wants to do, she will be able to get into the industry and she will go far. She already had that work ethic and that attitude. And she was in such a great place, um, to, you know, to go on and, and be a perfumer if she wanted to. So I wanted to just share a little bit about the role of a fragrance evaluator, because it's something that obviously I have quite a lot of experience in because that was my job. But it might not be something that many people know the ins and outs of. And the other reason I want to share it is because if you are creating fragrance, learning to become a perfumer yourself, you're, maybe you want to start a brand the role of a fragrance evaluator is really crucial. Um, and this is why I think a lot of the time as independent perfumers, people feel that they kind of get stuck and a bit too close to their projects. And sometimes when you're creating something and it's just you, you kind of don't know whether it's good enough, whether it fits the brief, whether it's going to be, you know, long lasting, you know, there's all of these questions that, that pop into our heads is like, is it, is it right? Is it good enough? 
And what I wanted to share in this is that in the fragrance industry, perfumers do not create perfumes in isolation. They are part of a team. And one crucial part of that team is the fragrance evaluator, because it that that role involves assessing and analyzing fragrances to determine, obviously, their quality, performance and overall appeal. And they work closely with the, the, the fragrance development side of the business. So the perfumers, um, fragrance evaluators, um, you know, they're also known as olfactive or sensory evaluators. You know, they play a pivotal role in making sure that the final fragrance products meet the desired standards and are aligned with the brand's objectives. So I'll go through a little quick, um, just a quick description of what the role of an evaluator is. And hopefully that will spark some thoughts for both those of you who are looking to go into the fragrance industry, but also for those of you who are outside of it and want to develop a brand, think about the role of the fragrance evaluator as different to the role of the perfumer, but complementary. And at the start, you might need to be your own evaluator or I've seen, you know, some of my students as well partner up with maybe you've got a business partner and maybe one of you could be the role of the evaluator where the other one is the role of the perfumer, if that makes sense. So what does a fragrance evaluator do? So first off, obviously, is evaluation and analysis. So fragrance evaluators have to have a finely tuned sense of smell. So obviously, you've got to know your materials. You've got to understand how fragrance is made. Um, and you want to be, you know, you're going to be analyzing and evaluating fragrance formulations. So they will be assessing the different notes within a fragrance, be able to identify top, middle and base notes. So exactly the same as, a, you know, a perfum perfumer would and evaluate how these notes interact over time and create an overall scent profile. And you might be thinking, well, you know, doesn't the perfumer do that? Yes, or obviously the perfumer does do that. But sometimes when you're working, if you're working on a lot of different projects at one time, or maybe you've got a bit too close to it and you need a second opinion, it's good to have someone who is also qualified, you know, who's got the experience to, to kind of partner with, if you like. Also quality control, um, ensuring that the fragrance meets the quality standards set by the brand or company. Um, also identify any discrepancies or inconsistencies. So just keep in mind that if you are a solo um, perfume entrepreneur, this might be your role as well. So this is th these are things that you're going to have to do if you're just on your own. So identifying any discrepancies or inconsistencies in the fragrance formula or the materials actually. Um, fragrance evaluators collaborate closely, obviously, with perfumers and the chemists during the development phase. So in an industry setting, it would be, you know, potentially collaborating, you know, closely with the perfumers, but also anybody who's working on stability as well. So making sure that the fragrance is stable in the base. Um, they provide feedback on different iterations. So maybe a perfumer would create three different iterations of a perfume for a particular brief. And the fragrance evaluator looks at all of those iterations and helps the perfumer to refine them and adjust the formula so that it it, it really fits the brief exactly. And um, they do have to have, a, you know, some you know marketing knowledge as well. So one of the things that... Um, it is hard to do if you are the creator of the fragrance and it's easier if you have an evaluator to work with 
is that evaluators provide both objective and subjective feedback on fragrances. So objective assessments will be things like analyzing technical aspects. So, you know, does it last? What's the longevity like? What is the diffusion of the fragrance like? The stability and the subjective evaluations really are about the emotional and sensory impact of the fragrance. And I think one of the most difficult things for a, a per- person creating a fragrance is to sort of step outside of their own opinion of what it smells like. And so one of my roles when I was an evaluator is that, okay, we're creating a fragrance that's aimed at, you know, 13-year-old girls and I'm 25. So I'm not that demographic. Or maybe it was, okay, so this is for a talc fragrance for you know, Marks and Spencers, whose customer demographic is in their 60s. I'm not that. Maybe I don't like the the fragrance. And it's kind of, as an evaluator, it's irrelevant whether you like the fragrance or not. And it's irrelevant whether you are the target demographic or not. You have to take yourself and your own taste out of the equation and put on the hat of the person, the customer that is going to be using that product. And actually, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And it's something that we're trained to do. Um, and so, yeah, it all comes down to does it, you know, does it fit the brief rather than do I like it? And that is hard if you're creating fragrances yourself for your own brand. Um, Yeah, it's one of those things that can be a little bit tricky. And it is always good to have someone who knows what they're talking about, knows what they're doing to assess that for you as well. Um, Customer preferences as well. This is really important. Fragrance evaluators um, have to consider customer preferences and market trends. So we talked about, you know, putting on the hat of the consumer and looking at the brief, but also looking at if you are, it's not so much if you're creating bespoke fragrances for individuals or niche perfumes that you love and they're for your own brand. It's not so much of a thing, but if you are creating for you know, as we did in the industry, you know, we're creating for room fragrances, a collection of room fragrances, say for Glade, for example, which is a brand, I think it's in the US as well, or something like Yankee Candles, it's that kind of brand. You know, we have to look at market trends because they're going out into the mainstream market, they're going to supermarket shelves, they need to align with the target audience and the brand image, but they also need to align with market trends as well. And often evaluators work on trends reports, they work with, um, you know, people who are doing uh, focus groups with customers and, you know, trends specialists to understand what those trends are so that then we can incorporate those into what we're presenting to the client. Benchmarking is super important. And this is something that um, evaluators do as part of their role, but it's something that you need to do is with your own brand as well, is evaluators often compare new fragrance formulations to existing successful products or industry benchmarks. So this helps to understand how a fragrance is going to stand out or align with market expectations. So what I mean by that is, say, for example, and this is like a really industry example, say um, a company puts a brief into a fragrance house and say, okay, we're creating this um, fragrance. We want you to create a fragrance for this shampoo line. Now the benchmark product, the competitors to this product are going to be people who buy Pantene shampoo. So we want to go up against Pantene in terms of performance. It's going to sit next to that on the shelf. Um, We want to bring the the Pantene customer over to our customer 
And so we need to take that into consideration when we're developing the fragrance for this product. So benchmarking is looking at your competitors and who are you going to be sitting on a shelf with? And this is not so much, I don't think this is so much in terms of fine fragrance because fine fragrance development is more aspirational, it's more creative, it's more artistic. But if you are creating fragrances, and I know a lot of people who come to my courses, classes, or in my mastermind are people who are creating fragrances for skincare products. Maybe they're creating fragrances for candles or room fragrances or rediffusers, that kind of thing. You are going to have competitors in that industry and you are going to have like benchmarks where you will be sitting. So are you going to be aiming high end? If so, say for example, you're a, you know, room fragrance brand and you are making a rediffuser. Are you aiming for, I don't know off the top of my head, what a top high-end rediffuser would be? I don't know. So say something like Diptyque as a cat, you know, so are you, are you aiming there or, are, or, Joe, or Joe Malone type of a market? Or are you aiming at a naturals brand market like, um, I don't know, Neil's Yard, something like that. So, you know, they would be very, very different demographics. They would be very, very different benchmarks. So make sure you are looking at your competitors and you're benchmarking your fragrances against them. If you are in that kind of functional product, that body skincare product market, you can obviously do it as well if you are, um, you know, creating fine fragrance, but it's not so, I don't think benchmarking is so important in a, a more of a creative fine fragrance arena. Um, also feedback and communication. So fragrance evaluators will obviously communicate their findings and insights to teams within, you know, they work as part of a team within the industry. Now, I realize that if you're an independent, you're just working on your own or with a very small team, this is not necessarily going to be applicable to you. But just as an insight in the industry, a fragrance evaluator is one part of the team. And that includes the perfumers, it includes the marketing teams, it includes product developers. And everybody gives their feedback and, and the evaluator's feedback does guide decisions about adjustments, improvements to the final fragrance before it goes to the client. And th this is one of the things that, um, so sensory training is another thing. So this is the, how I actually got into teaching perfumery in the first place. I obviously, as a fragrance evaluator, we undergo extensive sensory training to develop and refine our olfactory abilities. So we learn how to smell, we learn how to articulate and talk about scent. And we learn how to talk about materials and distinguish between various different fragrance components, how the materials interact, and, you know, nuances within scent and fragrance families. And one of my roles in my role, you know, one of my jobs in my role as a fragrance evaluator was to do training with buyers. So people from, I don't know, at the time when I was working, we worked with Sainsbury's, Superdrug, lots supermarkets, Marks and Spencer's, you know, also uh, people who worked for Unilever, um, some of the big fragrance brands would come in for sensory training or factory training. So I run, I used to run workshops and this is back in the mid nineties. I was running fragrance training workshops for buyers um, to teach them how to understand fragrance so that they could do their job better and actually so that they could be a better client for us because there is nothing worse than someone who is briefing a fragrance house for a perfume to be created and you go to work, you deliver that fragrance, those fragrance samples to them. 
and they don't really understand what they're smelling. They don't know whether it fits their brief or not. They don't know how to brief. They don't know how to communicate with the evaluator or the marketing team to actually help refine it. Um, and so it's really important that everyone, and this is this is something that I want you guys to keep in mind as well, is if you are intending to work with a fragrance house, whether you are, so if you're not cre- wanting to create fragrances yourself, but you want to create a brand and you want to create, um, you don't want to create the perfume yourself, but you want to brief a fragrance house, you need to have some olfactory training. You need sensory training. You need to understand how a fragrance works, how a fragrance company works. You need to understand materials, how a fragrance is developed, what is possible, what is not possible. Because if you don't understand any of those things and you go brief a fragrance house, I can tell you now all that's going to happen is that company is going to pull a perfume from their fragrance library off the shelf, send it out to you. And if you don't know whether that's good or not, you could end up launching that product and it could bomb because you haven't really understood the intricacies of how fragrance works. So even if you are thinking of working with a fragrance house, you do need to understand yourself, what you're smelling. So I would recommend that you get some olfactory training, some fragrance training. I have a lot of people on my courses who have no intention of making it themselves, but they do it just to, you know, give themselves the education they need in order to work with a company. Um, What else? So um, yeah, we've talked about collaboration. So collaborating with perfumers, marketing teams, Um, I think we've pretty much covered most things. But yeah, one of the other things, you know, documentation. So as a fragrance evaluator, you have to maintain detailed records of all of your evaluations, including notes on aroma characteristics, intensity, longevity, any potential issues with fragrance. And, you know, I'm talking about this in respect to a role of an evaluator. But if this is just you doing this on your own as a perfume creator, you need to be doing this as well. You need to be evaluating your own fragrances with all of these things in mind. And you need to be documenting those as well. Otherwise, you're going to end up going around in circles. Every time you go to create a fragrance, you're going to be starting from scratch. So make sure you take copious amounts of notes every time you make a perfume, every time you make an accord, every time you smell a material, you know, make notes on the longevity, any issues, and you keep that in a file. Just keep that documentation And as you are developing your fragrance, keep that documentation going throughout the whole development of that perfume. And then you're going to end up with a big file probably. (laughs) Um, But at least, you know, if anything does go wrong stability wise further down the line, you're going to have all of that documented. Okay, so in essence, a fragrance evaluator um, serves as a critical link between the creative artistry of perfumery and the practical aspects of the market. So you've got to have a cute sense of smell, trained expertise. And this is the most important thing, the ability to communicate sensory experiences. Um, this is really instrumental in shaping a final fragrance and any products so that the customer can enjoy an experience and it fits the brief, it fits the brand. And so Yeah. So even if you aren't thinking, oh, I'm going to go into the fragrance industry as an evaluator, keep in mind that this is a role that you might have to take on as part of your starting point. So you may have to wear these two hats in your business at the start. Um, And ideally, if you can partner with someone to have a second opinion, that's great too. 
And okay, so what are my pieces of advice for um, looking at getting into the industry? So I would definitely suggest that LinkedIn is a great place to network with fragrance companies and see job posts. And you know, never be afraid to apply for things like internships or work placements. You just never know. I mean, you just never know who you'll meet um, going to industry events as well. So getting into the fragrance industry without a chemistry degree is possible, um, but it might require a combination or well, obviously it will, com- you know, require a combination of passion, dedication. You know, you'll want some practical experience and continuous learning as well. So um, a few tips on the best way to get into the fragrance industry if you don't have a formal degree. Um, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of these. So first off, develop your olfactory skills. So really invest time in training your sense of smell. Go to fragrance, you know, participate in fragrance workshops, online courses, sensory exercises, stuff that you can do at home as well. And because the ability to identify and describe different fragrance notes is probably that, well, it is going to be the number one crucial thing in the industry. Um, Lots of self-study and research. Utilize, there's, there's no excuse nowadays. There are so many online resources. There are articles, there are books to educate yourself about things like fragrance families, perfume notes, accords. This podcast, you know, the fact that you're listening to this is going to give you a really good grounding. Um, you know, building a strong foundation of knowledge is really going to set you apart when you're looking at opportunities. Networking, it, this is so, so important. If look, seek out in your area, if you are in a big city, this is obviously easier. Um, nowadays, we see a lot of industry events that were in person only have opened up online. And actually, a lot of things like industry events, workshops, seminars, Um, professionals in the fragrance industry do go to those, but actually a lot of the companies have opened them up to bloggers, fragrance writers as well. So it's not quite as closed off as it used to be. So there are opportunities to network out there. And this can lead to really valuable connections, you know, mentorship opportunities and insights into job openings as well. And so on that subject, internships, apprenticeships, you know, there are companies that do offer that. So seek out companies that will offer maybe internships, apprenticeships, you know, looking at fragrance labs or companies. Generally speaking, if, you know, you've got a couple of different types, you know, you've got your independent perfumers who might do the odd internship, or maybe you've got a fragrance lab that's a big part of a bigger company that are looking for maybe summer job work, that kind of thing. And I'm, you know, some of them want experience or they want some chemistry background in even to just get a foot in the door, but some of them might not. So there's no harm in asking. So, you know, all they can say is no, because hands-on experience is going to be invaluable and it's going to really help you learn the practical aspects because, you know, you can read and learn as much as you want, but unless you actually roll your sleeves up and and do the practical bits, you're not going to move yourself forward. Okay, so what can you do um, if you if you don't have those opportunities? Personal projects. So creating your own fragrance projects for yourself, create your own fragrance blends, create your own formulations. Use that as a way to showcase your skills and creativity and document that process as well. You know, write it down, maybe start a blog um, and cre- start creating a portfolio because that's going to be a really powerful tool if you're approaching any potential collaborators or employers or, you know, you're looking for internships. 
and you know volunteer work as well now obviously you know we've all got to earn a living so this is not necessarily gonna be um possible for lots of people but you know maybe helping out at fragrance events workshops trade shows small brands might need some help for a trade show um, and that might help you to get a foot in the door um, also things like you know volunteering to help on a trade show stand with a smaller brand can help expose you to industry professionals that you might not ever have met um, online communities there are tons of them social media groups communities online forums um there are loads of those about. So I'm sure that a lot of you know of these, many of these already. Um, engage in discussions and ask questions, share your passion. Just be aware though, that in some of these online platforms, you can connect with some industry people, but in a lot of the Facebook groups and online forums, you're you're going to get a lot of, you know, self-taught people. You're going to get a lot of people who um, are not necessarily in the industry, which is fine. They have a lot of experience. Um, some are friendlier than others. <laughs> um, but you might not get, if, if you're looking to enter the industry, that might not be the place. It might be, you know, connecting with people on LinkedIn and going to industry events, that kind of thing. Um, personal branding, you know, create an online presence. So obviously have a an Instagram account, you know, like start something on social media that showcases your passion and your expertise. Start a YouTube channel, loads and loads of YouTubers out there reviewing fragrance, talking about fragrance. And that is a really good way to get noticed. Start a blog, um, document your fragrance journey. Don't pretend to be an expert if you're not. Just document your journey and enjoy the experience and see where it takes you. Obviously, staying up to date on industry trends, new materials, technology, that kind of thing. Um, what I will actually do in the show notes is put a couple of um, industry websites that could be useful for you. There is um, cosmeticsbusiness.com that has got a lot of job, you know, job roles pop up. This is global, but you also have a lot of articles and resources and industry insights. And the other one is Perfumer and Flavorist magazine, which has an online portal as well, which again, is an industry magazine, but it, it could be useful. Um, they do share a lot of interesting articles. So I will pop those in the show notes, but it's a great way of staying updated on industry trends, any technological advances. So we've get, we're getting a lot of stuff on white biotech at the moment. Um, and that's a good way for you to find out what the big companies like Givenchy, Fermanish, IFF, etc., are doing and, and where the industry is going. Um, and that really will demonstrate a commitment for you, you know, to learning and staying informed. So that's going to make you more appealing to potential employers um, if you are in that position of looking for a role in the industry. And you know, overall, just be enthusiastic and willing to learn. And, you know, really emphasize your passion for fragrance, your dedication to self-improvement and start small. You know, if you are looking to get into the industry for, a, you know, looking for a job, you know, start looking at entry level positions, fragrance sales, retail roles, maybe um, positions in branding departments or in, in ingredients companies. You know, if you can get it a foot in the door with one of the ingredient suppliers, um, you know, that is a great way to learn about materials and getting any experience within the industry. It just can open doors and provide insights. Um, so remember that, you know, overall fragrance industry is all about creativity, dedication, keen sense of smell. And whilst a formal degree, especially a chemistry degree, can will be a great advantage, 
you know, you just never know. A combination of practical skills, self-learning, networking, strong work ethic, you know, it can help you successfully enter and thrive in the industry you know, maybe not in a perfumer role, but there are lots of other roles available. So um, this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode this week, but I really do want to um, talk about the role of a perfumer. Um, And again, if you've got any questions about any of the topics that I've covered today, do drop me an email to podcast at karengilbert.co.uk and I will be doing an AMA and ask me anything episode. And I can include those um, questions in in that episode if I haven't covered them. So the big question that I get a lot, I want to be a perfumer, where do I start? So that really depends. So if you want to get into the commercial fragrance industry and become a perfumer, then the main and possibly only route is to study at one of the industry-sponsored schools such as ISIPCA, um, Ecole Supérieure de Parfum, um, or one of the schools run by one of the big fragrance houses such as Givadan, uh, Man, IFF, Fermaniche, etc. And so for any of those, you really need to be straight out of university with a chemistry degree, as I said before. However, there are way more opportunities outside the commercial industry than there are inside the industry, in my opinion. So if you want to be an independent perfumer and start your own business, then there are so many other options open to you. So this is kind of where I can help. And if you are in Europe, it's going to be a little bit harder to create and sell your own fragrances due to EU regulations that do not apply yet in countries like the USA. But they are going to be moving towards very similar, I imagine, regulatory compliance, which I think is a good thing, honestly, Um, because I think in the USA at the time of recording this, it's still a little bit like the Wild West out there. They don't have the same regulations that we have in the UK and the EU. Um, So it is a little bit tricky and you've got to understand compliance. And but before you start worrying about regulations, there are some other things that you need to take into account. So big question is, and I have talked about this previously in this episode, do you want to be a perfumer or do you just want to launch a product line? So you don't have to create your own fragrances. There are people out there who can do that for you. There are fragrance companies, there are independent perfumers. There are many, many brand owners who are not perfumers and who don't create their own fragrances. So if this is the path you want to take, then as I said before, it is still essential to learn as much as you can and understand the industry. And so I did also mention before that when I talked to Miriam, um, Veraldis on it was on episode 15 of the perfume making podcast so if you haven't listened to episode 15 go have a listen to that many people start out trying to create a perfume line they approach a fragrance house and they don't really know how to be a good client don't know how to brief a fragrance house and they often don't even know what makes a good perfume or how to get one from the fragrance producer now I've smelt so many fragrances from indie brands where it's clear that they have briefed a fragrance house and ended up with a mediocre shelf fragrance from the fragrance library. And they have launched it without question because they had no idea what they were doing. So even if you don't want to create perfumes for your own brand, it is really essential that you get some training and understand how fragrance creation works and how the industry works, because otherwise you're going to end up with a potentially mediocre shelf perfume. Um, I'm not I'm not saying that that happens in every case, but I smell a lot of brands, fragrances where 
I don't know. And I'm not going to name any names, but I smell a, some fragrances from a company recently that I thought, oh my God, you know, this is a great indie brand. This looks really super inter- interesting. It's got a bit of a spiritual slant to it. And I smelt the, fra- I bought a discovery set. I smelt the fragrances and I, as I went through them, um, it was a bit like, oh, well, that is a twist on that fragrance. Oh, that's a twist on that. Oh, that's a twist on that. That's a twist on that. And they smelt like twists on commercial fragrances and it really didn't fit the branding. So, um, yeah, don't let that be you. If you want to learn how to create perfumes yourself, on the other hand, then start studying and reading as much as you can and do some training with a mentor. Now, remember, just because someone is a successful perfumer, it doesn't always mean that they can teach well. So choose your mentor wisely. Make sure they have a passion for teaching, not just a passion for perfumery. Many perfumers asked to get asked to teach classes and others often teach to supplement their income, which is fine, but they won't always be the best teachers. Some might, but not always. Now, there are other perfumers who are great teachers, but are also so busy with their own fragrance projects that they choose to focus on that, which is also fine. So don't expect every perfumer to want to teach you or to have an apprenticeship or to be a mentor to you. Everyone has their own way of working and sometimes it just doesn't translate into being able to teach others. Um, The other thing when you're looking for a teacher, find someone that you resonate with. There is a saying that, you know, you ask 10 people, 10 perfumers how to make a perfume and you're going to get 10 different answers. There is no one teacher who is the right fit for every single student. So, for example, I teach what I call artisan perfumery, so which is either 100% naturals or naturals led with the use of select aroma chemicals and synthetics for special effects. Now, if you want to create or learn to create full on commercial perfumes with 95% synthetic materials and 50 to 100 materials or learn in the formulation or learn how to copy commercial perfumes from a GCMS, I'm not your teacher. However, if you are a creative or you're an artist with a passion for naturals, you want to learn how to turn your own original ideas into perfumes. And maybe you are curious about synthetics and aroma chemicals and you want to add some of those in as well. If you have a dream of creating bespoke perfumes or a fragrance or fragrances for your own skincare or body care line or room fragrance line, or maybe you want to launch your own perfume line one day. Maybe you want to learn all the ins and outs of how the industry works from somebody who's worked in it so that you can effectively brief a perfume house. Then, yeah, I'm potentially your your woman. Um, So just keep in mind that when you are looking for a teacher, think about what is it you want to achieve and choose a teacher that aligns with what you want to learn, what you want to achieve and their values as well. So perfumery is an expensive thing um, and it's not a quick thing to learn. If you can't afford to do a course, then please consider carefully whether this is for you Um, because the materials that you're going to need to build your perfumer's organ, they're expensive. So you are going to have to have a bit of budget, especially the naturals, especially if you want to create 100% natural fragrances, um, you are going to have a little bit, need a little bit of budget for that. Um, I don't ever recommend, and I've talked about this in other episodes, you don't need to spend a huge amount of material, money on materials up front at all. 
um, and I go through that in, you know, I've got a resources guide, which is in the show notes. So that will give you a little starter guide for what I would suggest that you start with. So you're not blowing the budget straight away um, and creating uh, an organ with materials that you will never use. Um, But, you know, start small. But yeah, definitely be prepared to do more than one class. So sometimes I get people saying to me, oh, well, you know, what course is best? Can I just come and do a one day perfume class because I want to launch a brand? One per one day perfume class is not going to make you a proficient perfumer. That comes with time and practice. I do a three day class. Mostly, you know, yes, you can get for you can get a really, really long way in a three day intensive. It's a bit like, you know, when you do driving lessons and you can either do one lesson a week for however long or you can do like a full on intensive. Yes, that is going to fast track you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you know, you're not going to be a perfumer at the end of three days. So manage your expectations. And that is one of the reasons why I offer the mastermind. It has a year follow up so you can work on your own. You can ask questions. Now, finally, um, the other question that I get asked a lot, will your course make me a qualified perfumer? So just first off, there is no recognized qualification that will make you a perfumer. Perfumery is both a science and an art. And this is a bit like asking if an art degree will make you a qualified artist. It's just not how it works. Yes, you can learn the techniques that you need to make a great perfume. You could even apprentice under a master perfumer, but that would not guarantee talent or creativity. That has to come from you as an artist. Perfumery is part learning the theory. It's partly creative spark and it's mostly lots and lots of practice. All of my courses teach these things, but I cannot make you do the work. That has to come from you. Becoming a perfumer takes time and all courses, no matter who you study with, they are just the tip of the iceberg. The more you learn, the more you realize you still need to learn. But luckily, there are enough resources out there that you don't need to do it alone. So I hope that has helped. It's been a bit of a long one today, but I wanted to really go in depth on this topic because I get asked about it so much. And as always, anything that I've mentioned will be in the show notes. If you've got any questions, it's podcast at karengilbert.co.uk. And thank you so much for listening. And if you've loved this episode, please drop me a review. Really appreciate it. And I will see you next time.